With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Myron Metcalf filling in for Royce on the ride here uh, on a Friday. I hope you have some fun plans for the weekend. Um, I just went to the restroom and, and I realized my T-shirt Thank you for was sharing. On. Well, I, I, well, my T-shirt's <laughs> on backwards. Wait, what? My T-shirt's on backwards. Oh, you pulled a Marco Yarich? So I was like looking at my T-shirt <laughs> to figure out why if like if I could I couldn't find the label. It's because it was inside out and it's backwards. Ah. it's not just backwards. It's like. Inside out and You know what? It's been that kind of Yeah, I guess. I guess. Um, Do do you remember that when Marco, remember when Marco Yarich was playing for the Wolves? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He came out with a jersey. He he checked into the game with his jersey on backwards. (laughs) It was fantastic. How symbolic of his Wolves run was that, (laughs) by the way? (laughs) All right, so uh, you guys got pen and paper? All right. Let's do this. Yep. What you got? Pen and paper. We're going to start from the top. We are going to call this the uh, Hope Series, if you will. Who are you most hopeful about in the TC in terms of teams. And the, and the teams will be, obviously, the Wild. We'll have the Timberwolves. We'll have the Twins. We'll have the Vikings. So, like, who are we most, most optimistic, hope, optimistic about? Most optimistic about. Okay. I'm going to make Gopher sports kind of one thing. Gophers basketball and football. Okay. I'll put them together. Should we put the links in there? I think we should put the links in there, right? Mm-hmm. You better. or uh... Well, so let's start with that. So that is seven slots, fellas. At the bottom of your list, who are you least hopeful about? Who are you, like, who is the team at the bottom when it comes to you expect them to be competitive and, and a quality team this season? For me, did you, I, I'm sorry, did you include Gophers or not? I did include Gophers. You did? I did include Gophers. Okay, okay. Uh, the Twins are obviously at the bottom considering what they're doing right now, right? The Twins are probably the team that if you ask any fan of sports in this market, the team that's at the bottom of, you know, uh, and th- and this is like thinking about like next season, yeah, going forward, yeah. What's what going forward overall? Yeah, which or just team like are you least excited you about? Okay, yeah. In terms of what they may be able to do, I think the Twins would be at the bottom for a lot of people, given that we have not seen. I well, obviously pre-trade deadline, right? I think there was more hope, but now what's happened since then? Uh, they're starting over. They're getting some prospects. You're hoping these young guys can figure it out. But I think it's hard to know. It's hard to even know what the bar is going forward for the Twins, right? Like, it's hard to know what we should expect. But it ain't much. No, Nobody's expecting much. We're kind of a wait-and-see deal. I almost would put Gopher football at tad, really? tad below the Twins. Really? They're See, I was be, thinking the same thing. They are really? going to be gonna awful be bad. this year. Yeah. They're going to be bad. And I everybody keeps telling me that P.J. Fleck, has this program in the right direction. I'm not here to dispute that, but last you, you, he took over a team 
that had nine wins and won a bowl game, and they were hideous last year. And it and now I'm being told this year might be even worse, but this year is really year one, not year two. That last year was year zero. I think with yeah, whatever think, that means. Okay, whatever that means. I think with Gopher football, I I I agree with Reavers. I probably have them at number seven right now. Okay, or however many teams. Yeah, okay. They're at the bottom of your um, least I have, excited for. I have them at the bottom for one reason and one reason only. We have no idea who the hell the quarterback is going to be. Yeah, that's yeah, going to be a problem. He's right. And and let's and that, be honest. You 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 that I and I have been saying this since last season ended that PJ Fleck, he can recruit all he wants, but if he does not have a quarterback, none of that other none of the other guys that he recruited are going to. It's not going to matter. You, to yeah, grow, yeah. you must fail. Yeah. If you want to compete in the Big Ten, you have to have a quarterback. You just you just have to. If you want to beat Wisconsin, beat Iowa, and now we're just hoping that they can beat Purdue. Here's the other thing. In 2018, if you can't make a bowl game, yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. That's a problem. Get out of here. They're that's letting a teams with five wins. They're five and seven Grandma's teams are making chicken bowl and waffle games bowl. <laughs> Somebody's backyard bowl. Yeah, like I tried convincing the bosses that we should have a beer show bowl. <laughs> you can get it. I mean, they'll spot. They will give you a bowl if you're uh, willing to sponsor it. But but isn't that the truth? I mean, yeah, if you can't the, make yeah, a bowl true. game. That's a bit. You that's guys a are sad right. indictment on your program. You, you guys are right. Gophers football. Wow, it's probably I'm calling it the least exciting. Who are you most excited about? They're the team that you're least excited about. And I think in P- the Twin Cities. I think long term. I think PJ Fleck can win here. I think but he Willie. can have success. But, but Willie. The only I, I'm going to keep saying it until I see it. The only way he's really going to have significant success here is if he has good quarterback play, and he's not shown that he can get that yet. And look, we're early; he's only a year into it. But that is that has to be number one on his list. He has to find a quarterback, a functioning quarterback that with some, he has to have some form of a passing game. The Gophers have not had anything resembling a passing game in forever. Yeah, and that I mean that's obviously uh, uh, any coach that that's what you need, right? Like any coach, it's not no different than the NFL. You're always going to be building around a quarterback, and they've got a situation this year where it's not even to me that they have a quarterback competition. It's neither option is that good, right? So you're going to be stuck again in uh, the Big Ten, uh, stuck again at the bottom. I like what you said, Reavers. I was not in the camp of. The cupboard is dry. You know, it's a bare bones operation. Mm-hmm. He's coming into this situation where how do you win? Uh, considering you know Minnesota's had this history, and you know his big thing was no Big Ten titles in fifty years. But like you said, the previous season, this team had proven that it could win, and they had a couple of close calls calls with some tough teams that could have sent them even higher. I and I get that he needs to get his type of player in. So I get that what there's that going to be some trend. But I, what I'm saying is I'm actually trying to defend him saying, I get that there will be some transition talking about a defensive minded coach and Tracy clays to yeah. what PJ Fleck wants to implement on his team in his offense, et cetera. So I get that there's going to be some learning curves and some struggles, but you got to look at last year, you guys, there was no interest in this program. And this is no, a guy that's no, a hype no machine. Buzz. He had a TV show. There was no demand and no and and no crowds at TCF Bank Stadium. There just wasn't, and, and that's a bad sign. I, I when people ask about you know what are the sports that people care about in the, in the Twin Cities, and I always tell them 
they care about gopher football when it's good, but it's hard when you've had so many periods of mediocrity and you see the same thing over and over again. That and Thursday night at the Metrodome when they blew that lead to Michigan. Oh my that goodness. Was yeah. Yeah, that, that was the opportunity. That was the opportunity right for the Gopher football team to be put on the map and be talked about being one of the top four followed teams in this market. That was their chance. And I get it that it was a once in a whatever generation chance, but that was their opportunity. That place was, I was there. That place was packed. Oh, yeah. It was a raucous crowd. Mm-hmm. And Michigan, who was a good team, they were taking the Wolverines to the woodshed for, for two three and a half, two and a half yeah. quarters. See, yeah. I feel like because of losses like that that you just described, PJ needs the reverse. He needs a couple of wins yeah. that make you go, okay, you know what? There's a chance here that we're looking at something that you know could be a player in the future. You have everything you need in recruiting here. You, you've got this beautiful stadium, which is just gorgeous. It's amazing. You've got these great facilities. You've got a great city. What else do you need to recruit? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I understand the history and the tradition is a challenge, and I know every coach is going to say that, but you have to upgrade the level of talent in order to compete. I've, I'm from Wisconsin. I've been to a ton of Wisconsin football games. There, there's nothing great about that program other than about 20 years ago they started winning football games. Yeah, mm-hmm. And that's why I don't want to hear the argument of, well, there's too many other options for the sports dollar. That might be the case for when you're trying to sell suites yeah. and trying to sell banner ads to all the other big-time corporations in town that are getting beat up for money from the other pro sports teams in town. Yeah. But that doesn't that doesn't come down and trickle down to the ticket buyer. No. A ticket buyer, that, the problem is there's apathy set in with that program right yes. now. And, and I don't know how need, you break that. And they they need well you break that by you have to win a, you you have to win a big game. like because the the what's happened is with the Gophers have had going back to the Mason days the Gophers have had teams where, that have been pretty good but they've always every time they've had that opportunity to get the huge program changing win they've never been able to do that and I'll go back to the Jerry Kill era when they went into Camp Randall on the last day of the regular season, and it was basically for the Big Ten West title, and the winner of that game was going to go to the Big Ten championship game. Yep. And the Gophers had, what, a 17-6 to lead at halftime, I think, of that game? Yeah. And then they played their, the worst football of the season the second half of the year because Leidner couldn't complete a pass. That was the, that was the opportunity right there to be a program-defining moment by going on the road, beating Wisconsin, and who cares if you get dropped by Ohio State in in the Big Ten championship game? That would have been a huge step, and they and they it didn't happen. They blew it. I and I hate to use this. That's what hold. That's what's been holding. No, you're 100. You're 100 right, Manny. I hate to use this word because it's such a cliche, and we hear it all the time. Identity. At some point, I want to be able to look at PJ Flex team and program and go, win or lose, they're going to try to do this. This is what they do. Because Wisconsin has an identity. Whatever. It, well, Mason had one. Yeah. It wasn't always successful, but we knew what he was going to do. We knew Maroney and Barber were getting, you know, 20 carries. We knew what he was going to try to do. We knew what Mason was going to do. He was going to blow a lot of three well, touchdown but, leads in the fourth quarter. But we knew what he was going <laughs> to at least try to do. With Fleck, I think this is a year where they may not get those big wins. Yeah. But I think you want to look at him and go, okay, in year two, this is what he's about. And this is what his football team is about. 
And this is what they're going to attempt to do. But I think I think in order for in order for the for the apathy to sort of go away with this program is they need to get themselves in a position to have a huge win and they actually need to win it. Because what's what's been happening is they've they've been in positions over the last 20 years to have that big signature win, but they just don't win it. And then yeah. it's just kind of like, well, same old gophers, why should I care? So yeah. they need to get themselves first first they need to get themselves in a position to have that to to have that game and then they need to win it. Winning that I mean that's obviously the ultimate thing but I think again a part of it too is if you show me a scheme, if you show me an approach, then I can go okay, once he gets the personnel around that to complement that scheme, they might start to win big games. We'll be back after this. Myron Metcalf back here on the ride with Royce. Uh, I've been trying to do um, this week filling in a state of the franchise series. I wanted to hit the Minnesota Timberwolves and and kind of give them a grade. Uh, they lost Jamal Crawford, but a lot of the pieces back from last year. The Jimmy Butler buzz was a little scary, but looks like he's staying put at least until the trade deadline or, or things go south or they realize they can't, they don't have a chance of keeping them. But you got Butler and, and Towns and Andrew Wiggins still to me has a chance to blossom into uh, 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 an elite-ish player. Um, and, and, you know, you got young guys like Tyus Jones, who I, I think will continue to grow. You have the Derrick Roses and guys like that who may help this year's team. But overall, the young core of this squad, especially if they can sign Jimmy Butler, is – to me, you're built to be competitive and, and reach the playoffs for, for years to come. And that's why I think I would give the Timberwolves, considering what they are now. And again, they may lose Butler, but what they are now, I would give them a solid B, I think, because I think there are a lot of pieces in place. Uh, I like Towns. I like Wiggins. They're a B and not a B plus to me because I'm not sure uh, if if Tibbs will be the right guy for this unit going forward. I'm very interested in how he handles this year's team. I'm very interested in how he handles Andrew Wiggins and whether or not he can get him motivated. I'm very interested in what he does with Carl Towns, who clearly wants to be the alpha of this team and is a guy who could blossom into that and prove that this is his team and not Jimmy Butler's team and, and whether or not there's going to be any friction there. I want to see how he deals with – uh what might be a disgruntled Jimmy Butler, considering what happened over the offseason and some of the reports that were out there about him not liking how some of his younger teammates conduct themselves. Now, Jimmy Butler hasn't said that directly, so we don't know exactly what he's thinking. But I think I'm I'm very interested in how Tibbs handles uh, the personnel issue, the personal matters in his locker room and the relationships, because that's been the knock against him. Mm-hmm. Can he build the relationships? And this is a year where this thing could go great, and this thing could you could continue to build off of what happened last year. And last year was a, a success, winning 47 games without a healthy Jimmy Butler. Or, Manny, this thing could implode mm-hmm. with all the personalities in that locker room. I'm not sure I trust uh, Tibbs to handle all that. What about you? Yeah, I, I am – I think this this coming season could go one of two ways. I think it could go really well for them, and they could make the playoffs and 
compete and maybe win a first round series depending on the the matchup that they get because this this is a talented roster. Yeah. But it could also go completely south because the head coach slash president of basketball operations might not do a terrific job of managing a lot of these personalities because there are, I mean, you have a player in his prime right now in Jimmy Butler who apparently has frustrations with sort of the, the work ethic and the development of the younger players that are, that are surrounding him talking about cat and Wiggins. Um, so you're, you're, you're going into a season with he's on the last year of his contract and you're trying to figure out if he's going to be here long term. And you also have your, your, you have, you also have a, a contract extension with Carl Anthony Towns that you need to get figured out. I tend to think he's going to sign that deal, Yeah, but you've got to get that done and you've got to focus on him taking that next step to be, he's already a star. Now you've got to get him to take that next step. And I mean, Andrew Wiggins, man, they got to figure out something with him because the contract is signed and he's going to get his money. And now it's just, got it. It, it, he, he has his money. He's going to get the 148, Point five or whatever the hell it is, he's going to get that money. So now you have to figure out how he and Jimmy Butler, especially, are going to coexist at the same time. Because I've been saying it, they're they're two players that are very similar in that their playing styles are are both the same. They're both athletic. They both want to get to the basket and finish at the rim. Jimmy Butler obviously does all of these things much better than Andrew Wiggins does right now. But they're they're basically two two pieces that in some ways kind of occupy the same space. They don't really complement each other very well right now. And Tibbs has got to find a way to make that happen. And because of the cap situation that this team is in right now, because you have so many heavy contracts of you you got the Wiggins contract, you're yeah. trying to you're trying to get you're Jimmy get signed. Towns contract. You're, yeah. gonna, you're gonna get the Towns contract, you're trying to get Jimmy signed long term. You got Gorgie Jang making 15, 16 million. You got Taj on for another year. You got Teague making big money. The, the younger players that they have, whether it's Akogi, Kata Bates, uh, Kata Bates Jap, and Justin Patton, Tibbs has got to find a way to get these guys to contribute now. And, oh, yeah. Hey. And and because you can't, like, I, I look, D- Derek Rose, Reavers knows this. I've, huh. I've you know, I'm, I'm not a big fan of, of, yeah. you know, the bringing in of Derrick Rose. Chicago's and, and, finest? Yeah, I'm, I'm just because I just don't think, in the grand scheme, I just don't think he really fits what they need. He's he's a player. And what he do they do, need? They need more shooting, and they need more defense. And Derrick Rose is not going to spread the floor for you. So he played well down the stretch for them, and he gave them some minutes in the playoffs against the Rockets, but they still got beat in five games. So what difference did it really make? So well, they they've got to... Tom Thibodeau has got to find a way because they're not, they're strapped on the cap now. So they can't just go out and. Oh, they're stuck. They're stuck. So you have to make the most out of what you have. And that means that Josh Akogi, Kata Bates Jop, Justin Patton, these guys, they weren't drafted high, but you've got them and they're young players. You got to develop them and get something out of them. That's how, I mean. But it's young kind of, players don't develop without a nucleus, right? That's young, true. Yeah, if there's chaos around them, these young guys are not going to develop. And, and, and that's going to be the biggest problem with and, them going forward. They got to have. Yeah. You've got to have a, 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 
a centralized uh, group of players who have a certain level of chemistry so that those young players can look at that and feed off of that and grow from there. And and look at look at Golden State. And again, Golden State might be kind of an unfair example because we've never seen a roster constructed like this before. But, but the Power Rangers, I mean, that's the only other group comparable to them. <laughs> but look at Draymond Green. Draymond Green was a second-round pick. And part of the reason why the Warriors are who they are is because they got a guy in the second round and they turned him into an all-star. Now, I'm not saying Katie Bates' job has to be Draymond Green, but they've got to get something out of him. Manny, the Warriors are who they are because four of the top 15 players in the NBA are on that roster. Right, right? but what I'm saying is— I get what you're saying about how did he turn into something. But what I'm saying is Draymond, that's— how you get to a level like you're right. The, that's how you get to the level of the Warriors where you're competing for a championship every year is that you've got to, you can't just get a lot, you can't just get a top three pick every single year. You've got, you got your lottery picks now. You got Towns and you got Wiggins. Now yeah. you, and you have Butler. Now you've got to get the, the, the supplementing role players. You've got to get, you got to get something out of them. And, and this is to me though where it's different is you want to bring in a K database D up. A Josh Kogi as compliments, right? You want them to compliment. Sure, they don't have to be there. stars, so, but they have to contribute. I agree. Here's my here's my point. If you're Tibbs, you've got the pieces there. Wiggins, Towns, Butler, a few vets, and Rose and Gibson. A guy like Tyus Jones coming back. The pieces are there. It's up to him to be the maestro to yeah, this orchestra. Absolutely. All these questions we have, whether it's Butler, whether whatever we're talking about now, is Tibbs the guy to put this all together? I don't know. Because that, to me, is the the biggest concern I have about the Minnesota Timberwolves. What grade did you give them, man? I, right now, I mean, I mean, look, they're 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 a playoff contending team now, so that that has to count for something, considering that they went a decade and a half without being even relevant in that conversation. So a B so, is too low. Uh no, I I'd, I'd probably give them a B minus right now. Or a C, okay. a C plus B minus because I think there's something there. I mean, you have town, so you have something there. Is it a C plus or is it a B minus? I'll go B minus. Okay, I'll go B minus. Reavers. Yeah, I'm with Manny. Okay. What we said. <laughs> what we well, said. Because honestly, I do share a lot of the same things with Manny about the Minnesota Timberwolves, and and th- the problem is, I loved everything that they did. Yeah, it's when when Thibodeau came on board, but it just there's. Th- there's something off. There's just there's yeah. there's a problem that I think could be easily fixed. Yeah. But the problem is I don't think the right person to fix that is in charge. Because you don't trust with, them. with the amount of talent that they had this past season, they should not have been scratching and clawing for the final yeah, playoff spot stated. on the last yes. night of the regular season. They should not that team is too talented to be in an overtime game on the last night of the regular season fighting for their playoff lives with the Denver Nuggets. They shouldn't have been. That is fair. We'll be back after this. Johnny, you got some updates for us? I do. Thanks, Myron. This update sponsored by Orkin. Every home is unique. That's why Orkin relies on the latest science to get rid of pests. Visit Orkin.com today. Orkin, pest control down to a science. 
Uh, Irvin Santana pitches for the Twins tonight as they try to open up a series with a win against the Detroit Tigers. Jordan Zimmerman goes for Detroit. Lineup, Maurer, Rosario, Polanco, Forsyth, Kepler, Garver, Morrison, Cave, and Adrianza. Uh, Adalberto Mejia is on the 10-day disabled list. He's got a left wrist strain. So roster moves by the Twins to take care of all this. Righty Tyler Duffy called up to take Mejia's place on the roster. And last night, the Twins traded Fernando Rodney, so they had an open roster spot. And today, they called up Tyler Austin, the first baseman outfielder they got from the Yankees in the Lance Lynn trade. Former Twins news, the Padres. Announced, pardon me? I'm Go ahead, sorry. Johnny, finish your thoughts. The Padres announced they have designated right-hander Phil Hughes for assignment. He'll step aside in favor of young starter Jacob Nix. Uh, I just am reading a retweet from our guy Darren Doogie Wolfson. Yes. Cole Stewart will be called up to make his major league Ooh, debut in huh. Detroit on Sunday. Mm. Wow. That right there gets one of these. Hey, I want a scoop. Uh, there was one afternoon Major League Baseball game today. Cubs beat Washington 3-2. to two. Have you heard, by the way, the all-time scoop nugget that we unearthed here on the ride with Royce? No. Myron? No. Doogie was uh, talking about, <laughs> I don't know, whatever, it doesn't matter, but about how he gets flooded with requests. I mean, am I asked a lot on social media, out and about? I mean, I'm at Hy-Vee the other day, a guy asked me about the Vikings, asked me about the Wolves, or people asking me. Nice desperate times, stopped. desperate measures. They throw me on TV from time to time, so people recognize See, me. See, I'm at my Cub, I can just blow right through there, nobody recognizes me. Doogie's at the Hy-Vee. The Hy-Vee, yeah. <laughs> at the PGA Championship today, Gary Woodland leads at 10 under. Kevin Kisner is 9 under. Brooks Kepka at 8 under. And several folks tied for 4th at 7 under. The Coon Rapids Andover Little League team is done. They lost 6-2. to two this You blew morning. it, John. Your yeah. squad blew it. My hometown uh, got beat there by Des Moines, Iowa. Was eliminated from the regional tournament in Westfield, Indiana. The Iowa team scored four runs in the top of the six. The break a 2-2 two to two tie. Uh, Coon Rapids Andover lost 6 nothing to Fargo on Wednesday in the winner's bracket game. Needed to win to face Fargo in a rematch. Instead, Des Moines now will play Iowa at 10 in the morning in a game that will be shown on ESPN tomorrow. Uh, the Vikings play their first preseason game this weekend. They're in Denver to play the Broncos, where they will see their uh, former quarterback, Case Keenum, the fellow that started for him last year. Uh, Timberwolves open the NBA season on the road for the fifth straight year. The team's opener is Wednesday, October 16th in San Antonio. The home opener Friday, October 19th against the Cavs and former Wolf Kevin Love. The Lynx, uh, they are going to the playoffs for the eighth straight time. They defeated Las Vegas last night to uh, make uh, make it into the playoffs. The uh, regular season still has four games left. They'll play Seattle at the Target Center on Sunday. Las Vegas went through with the game, all right? They got they, in on time right. and everything have, was cool. Yep. Okay. Didn't have to forfeit. That's okay. good. Yeah, that's good. And Wake Forest has placed assistant men's basketball coach Jamil Jones on leave after Uh-oh. he was charged with third-degree assault in connection with the death of a Florida resident in New York. Oh, my God. Didn't you hear this story? No. According to the school, athletic director Ron Wellman spoke with Jones on Friday. Both parties agreed it was the best coast, uh, cor- course of action to take. On Friday, the New York City medical examiner officially ruled Sandor Zabo's death as a homicide, calling the official cause of death blunt impact injury of head with brain injury. Uh, what happened, how all of this started, Jones allegedly punched Zabo in the face after a confrontation in the early morning hours this past Sunday. 
Uh, the Associated Press, citing a person familiar with the investigation, said Zabo may have been drunkenly knocking on car windows before the alleged confrontation with the assistant coach. Zabo lost consciousness when his head hit the pavement. He was brought to an area hospital in critical condition, treated for fractures to the left side of his face and the rear of his skull. He was taken off life support this past Tuesday afternoon. Holy that, cow. That's uh, not good. Not, uh, not no. good at all. We'll be back with more after this. Meyer Metcalf back here on the ride with uh, Royce. And we have football tomorrow. I mean, there's already been preseason football. Uh, we had the Hall of Fame game. But, we, but like, yesterday felt more real. The, the Cleveland game, it just mm-hmm. felt like, oh, wow. You know, because we're watching Baker Mayfield to see what he has. And it just felt real. Um and, I mean, this is different for the Vikings because week one is different than it would be for a team like Cleveland that actually has a quarterback competition. But I'm still intrigued um, by what we'll see. I mean, we may, we might see Kirk Cousins for a series, right? Do we know how much he's playing? Uh, we don't, but I would be shocked if he plays more than one series. Right. When you're on your third string center. Yeah, you don't want to mess around. you've got a number of questions. I mean, again, I know Judd's been, you know, on this bandwagon all week of not even wanting Kirk to play, but you got to at least play him for a series. Yeah, you got to get, I mean, and he's going to want to play just to simulate real competition, a real activity. game environment. Yes. So you want that. I mean, and, and again, it's it's Denver. Yeah. Is Von Miller going to play? Come on. Yeah, no. Yeah, it's not going to be. And no one, everyone's, if you're not someone trying to make the team, you're not going all out in the first preseason game. Right. The um, only way, the only way I think. Kirk Cousins plays more than one series is if they go three and out in the first series. Otherwise, yeah, he's only going to play one series. We won't see him beyond that. Which is good. I mean, yeah. you want him to be in and out, stay healthy is number one thing. But in terms of outside of that, the offensive line, it this will be a very important preseason game for that O-line. Oh, yeah. Because you're going to see who, you know, who maybe can man the offensive line and protect Kirk Cousins and finally give him a sense of stability that he's never had. I mean, the guy's played with 39 different offensive line rotations. 39. So Sorry, I got distracted by another Roycey tweet. I apologize. Uh, no, what happened? What happened? <laughs> I'll, I'll, it's, it wouldn't be worth bringing it up on the air. Okay. But, but let's just put it this way. For those of you that might be just tuning in, um, we were told that the, the last Ride with Roycey show will be broadcast on Friday, September 7th. Yep. It's going to be must listen to shots fired radio from the big man. I can't wait. Continue. No, I can't Continue. wait for that. I'm sorry. I can't wait for that. I, I can't wait for every show <laughs> between now and then. All right. I'm sorry. Continue. No, no, because it it, it, oh. it will be great. Yeah. Because yeah, it'll be great. We, no, we can. We don't have to continue on the other thing. No, no, no. I want to talk because I do want to talk football because I'm already getting bummed out and getting sad. So I don't want to talk about well, that. Well, let's talk football. If an offensive line. I, Kirk Cousins had 39 different offensive lines protecting him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like 39 different combinations of players. That's a lot of combinations for a guy who is not 39. Who's so, only been in the league for, what, like, seven years? Can I ask you guys a question, a serious question about Six Kirk Cousins? Manny's been sitting in this room for me with me for like two and a half years now. Yeah. And so he knows what I'm about to say already. I am getting a little bit of Kirk Cousins fatigue just a tad. Are we convinced that he's going to come in here 
and have a four thousand yard thirty nope. touchdown season. I mean, it's but it's being presented as yeah. if it's a foregone conclusion that all of that's going to happen. No, I mean this offense to me personally, you got a brand new quarterback with a brand new offensive coordinator behind a makeshift offensive line. That's the recipe for disaster and a slow start. If if you if you give me a million bucks and you force me to put it on one of these two scenarios. Kirk Cousins will exceed the production and performance of Case Keenum last season, or he will do less than Case Keenum. I'm going for him doing less. I I think I would be willing to bet that he'll be less productive than Case Keenum. Especially early on. Because Case Keenum was that good last year. Not because I think uh, Kirk Cousins, I think Kirk Cousins, if they're both at their best, he has a higher ceiling. He's the better quarterback. But Keenum did so much, and people aren't going to realize how good he actually was until they see Kirk Cousins putting up maybe similar stats or mm-hmm. having moments where he's not as good, and then you're all of a sudden like, well, wait a minute. Maybe you didn't appreciate how good he was, and no one could appreciate how good Case Keenum was last year because Mike Zimmer refused to say, this is my guy. <laughs> this is my quarterback. So like the whole year, he's he's basically toying with this idea about whether or not he really has bought into Case Keenum. And obviously when they went for Kirk Cousins, the answer was no. Right. He hadn't bought into Case Keenum. Right. But I think when it comes to efficiency, yards per game, all the marks that Case Keenum hit, I will not be surprised if Cousins falls short of that. Again, because Keenum, I feel like, was that good. Is that crazy, Manny? No, I don't think it's – I mean, listen, Kirk Cousins is – He's been good enough to have success in the NFL. Like he's not, he's not Christian Ponder. He's not Tavares Jackson. He's better than many of the quarterbacks we've seen run through this town the last, you know, X amount of years since Dante Culpepper. But you know, I'm with Reavers in that. I it's I think some people are assuming that it's a foregone conclusion that they're going to go 13 and 3 again and and end up in the Super Bowl just because they think that they've upgraded at quarterback and they may I think it's likely that they've upgraded at quarterback but I think the question is how much have they upgraded at quarterback and have they upgraded enough to get them over the hump that they fell short of a year ago because I mean listen they had a great year last year it ended badly but they, overall, they had a really good season. The defense was great. Number one defense in the league. Pretty much the best D all year. And the defense stayed healthy most of the season. Which was huge. Which was major. So if you're going into this year and you're just assuming that everybody on that defense is going to stay healthy again for a full 16-game season and that they're going to be number one statistically across the board on defense like they were last year, you know, close to it. I mean, you can't really you can't really bank on that. So you have to assume or you have to hope that Kirk Cousins is going to come in and pick up some of the slack that the defense may not because I don't I think this is going to be a good defense, but I I I I I'm very cautious on expecting them to be the absolute lights out dominating defense that they were a year ago with everybody staying healthy and everything working out perfectly for them last year. Like the they defense be top might five. They yeah, be they'll top be top five. five, but if they're top five, if they're fifth instead of first, 
That means you're gonna you're gonna need a little bit more out of Kirk Cousins than than what you got out of Case Keenum last year. Wait, okay, wait, wait, wait a second on this whole conversation. Are you all telling me that Vikings fans are expecting more for the first time in the history of all the Vikings fans I've known? I guess my guess would be there are a bunch of Vikings fans. I don't know what the split is who are thinking. Kirk Cousins will never live up to this contract. We may never get back to the NFC Championship and have a chance to play in the Super Bowl. I think there are a whole bunch of fans who are in that camp as well. I think there's wondering that. I think there's a lot of fans, and I'm being serious, that are just waiting for the bottom to fall out because it's the Vikings. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even last year, look at last year when all of the dominoes seem to have fallen their way when Rodgers got hurt. When uh, they went on that great winning streak, when you had mm-hmm. the, the the miracle play with Stephon Diggs at the end of the Saints game, yeah, you have the Super Bowl even, in your backyard. Even the day of the Eagles game, people were saying, "Oh, you know, we're, I'm expecting the worst." I re- I remember tweeting out after Kyle Rudolph scored that touchdown. It felt weird. It was like, oh my god, yeah, they're gonna. They're really gonna do gonna this. Do this. Yeah. yeah. And then it was and then And then the pick six happened. And then what happened? That was it. The bottom fell yeah. out and they got steamrolled. Once the pick six happened to tie yeah, the, the game, game at seven, over. it was you over. Knew it was that over. changed it everything. Was over. And that's why I think this is a fan yeah. base that to to me, before anyone expects things to keep rolling, I'm I think there are more people who are internally struggling with this idea of is Kirk Cousins really an upgrade? I mean, he threw for four thousand yards last year, twenty seven touchdowns. 13 picks, rating of 93.9. Case Keenum had a 98.3 rating, 7 INTs, 22 touchdowns, 3,500 yards, but he was the more efficient quarterback. I I, I mean, Kirk is going to be – he's not going to be 5,000-yard Kirk Cousins, the guy he was in 2016. But I think he can put up comparable numbers to to a Case Keenum. And listen, he's got all the – there are a whole lot of quarterbacks. I'm sorry, nothing against Kirk Cousins. There are a whole lot of quarterbacks that you could put in a position to throw to Adam Thielen and Diggs and, and Rudolph and have Dalvin Cook in the backfield and all these weapons he has, and they could throw for 3,500 to 4,200 yards, right? I, there are a lot of quarterbacks who could do that. I, I will, I'll I'll just go back to what I was saying before. I think, personally, I think Kirk Cousins is better than Case Keenum. I think they, I do believe the Vikings upgraded at the quarterback position. The question is, how much did they upgrade? Did they upgrade enough to move the needle and get them over the hump? That's fair. That's fair. And I think that's the thing that we're going to have to not, decide. And I'm not 100 I'm not sure on that. I'm I'm pretty confident in my belief that Kirk Cousins is better than Case Keenum. I just don't know if he's better enough to get them over the hump and win a Super Bowl. But he better be better. I mean, or yeah. everybody's getting fired. I mean, ninety million dollars says he's better. Yeah. So that's that's the thing. I, I'm not going to go into this wait, wait, season. Wait, wait. When you say say somebody's going to be fired, what do you mean by that? I mean, long term over the course of these three years. Okay. If, if you're Zimmer and things start to go south over the I mean, course of this contract, not now. No, not now. Say, no, 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 no. I'm wondering what would no, it possibly no, have to no, happen no, no, for no, either I'm Spielman saying, or Zimmer to lose their job. I'm not job. saying now. I'm saying again. We talked yesterday. For me, the Vikings are dealing with a window, and that window is three years long in terms of them having this guy and having to put something together. I think that's the pressure they're under. And I think if they don't get to a Super Bowl, I don't think they have to win it, but I think if they don't get to a Super Bowl, I think people will look back at this and go, was it all worth it? Mm -hmm. Because for $90 million, it better be worth it. And I don't want to see any excuses next season 
for this team. Now, injuries are real. And this offensive line, my goodness. But the reason I, I'm and I, not By even, the way, I think they make a move. They have to. I think that I now, think they that, have now to. that you know that Easton's out for the year, you can't bring Joe Berger back because he's probably he probably weighs 180 <laughs> yeah, pounds yeah. and he's sitting on it. You know what I mean? But I, I think they have to make a move. I think had Richie Incognito not made that big, yeah. dumb public display, they may have called him. They're going to have to make a move. But I think even if things don't go right there, you're going to look back at Spielman and go, was there a chance to get a guy in that mm-hmm. draft who would have solidified that line and you went in another direction early? It Was there a chance to do more in the draft? So I, even if, to me, the line doesn't come together, I'm still going to look at this team and go, well, you had chances, and this is what you decided to do. The defense, man, I've got no excuses for them. You're right, they got to stay healthy. But they should be good enough now and deep enough now to yeah. where they can sustain an injury and still keep going forward. Now, if a, if a Linval Joseph or someone like that, but well, they should they be able to continue. Harrison, if Harrison Smith, that would be knock huge. on wood for Harrison Smith because if he gets hurt, that's You're a backbreaker for that defense. But yeah. you have to think that they're going to be competitive and they can withstand yeah. uh, some of the things that good teams withstand in order to continue their progress and continue their success. But I but I think if the defense is going to have a little bit of a fall off and I'm not saying that it's going to be a complete bottom out on defense cuz they're going to be good enough to allow you to contend, but if the defense is going to have a little bit of a fall off from last year, that means your offense needs to be even better than what it was a year ago. Yeah, I that and, means and Kirk Cousins needs to be better than what Case Keenum was last year. Well, and Dalvin Cook and listen, it, it's and it's having on Dalvin Kirk, Cook back is huge, yeah. It's on Kirk. Dalvin Cook is coming back, but Diggs just got paid too. Yeah, you know, you, you better show up and yep. prove you're worth it. You know, Thielen still has to show up. All these guys still have to show up. I just think this is going to be a year where there's just no excuse that I, there, it just can't be a year of. Well, we could have no that when you invest ninety million in a quarterback, when you have all these pieces coming back. You deserve to get treated the way that the Steelers get treated when they fall short. And the Eagles get treated the way that they fall short in that market. And the Giants get treated in their market when they fall short. And you know like, what? This is what happens to major franchises. And the Vikings are saying they are a major franchise. Then you better be able to deal with any scrutiny and criticism that comes your way. And I'll tell you what. If this offensive line ends up being a train wreck this year because of injuries and guys just not performing well or whatever – that's where you look at the general manager because they did nothing in the offseason to address the offensive line. They drafted a guy in the second. They drafted O'Neal, but O'Neal is a not even. Project. He is not yep. nearly close to being ready to contribute. Yeah, and you had an opportunity. There were there were interior offensive linemen available for you, and you took Mike Hughes instead. And now Mike Hughes, from everything we're hearing, is doing well at camp. But you but, have one healthy starter from that offensive line yeah. from last year, and that's Riley Reef. True. Rammers yeah. is hurt. Elfline's hurt. Berger yeah. retired. Yeah. And Rashad, oh, by Rashad the way, Hill's not a starter. I'm and sorry, oh, by not. the way, Riley Reef has an injury history. Yeah. He has a history of getting. So I hope you're happy, Byron. Look what you've done this week. <laughs> You wrecked the offensive line. They're going to be five and eleven now, Myron. Thanks. It's all on me. It's all on me. Hey, I'm at ten and six. I think that's. I think that's yeah. ultimately uh, reasonable. Um, well, I'm just glad football's back. I'm oh, glad, I'm glad aren't sports we all? back. It's aren't we great. all? I'm glad we get to watch some more football. I'm not glad that summer's almost over, but I'm glad that the the football is back and. And if you're a Vikings fan, you got to be excited that you don't have to care that much about what happens tomorrow. Your only hope is 
Nobody gets hurt. Yeah. Especially Kirk Cousins. You're not in a situation where you need someone to show up and prove they can be your franchise quarterback or you need some defensive lineman to step up or some linebacker to prove that he can help your defensive rotation. You are definitely not in that uh, position if you are uh, watching the Vikings tomorrow. No, you mentioned it too. And by the way, you did an awesome job this week, man. Thanks I, for coming. I, I, I appreciate that, man. Yeah. I appreciate it. And, and there's a lot of things to be extremely grateful for on a day like today. Football being one of them, but yeah. family, health, there's a Everything. lot of things to be grateful for on a day like today. And I'll just say for me, you know, in the time I've had a chance to fill in here, uh, it's been one of the best and most professional experiences I've ever had in my career. And uh, I've loved working with all you guys, and uh, I hope I get a chance to continue to work with all you guys. Um, like I said at the start of the show, man, this has never felt like work. And for me to come to a studio and be able to work with some great people, man, Reavers and Manny, I love it. Thanks, man. It's been a rough day. Appreciate you, brother. Uh, but everybody, do your best to keep your heads up. Have a great weekend. See you next week with Royce.